and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific where we are talking about some of those hard issues that have traditionally and culturally been taboo but we're shining a light. I'm so thankful for the courageous men and women who have come on this podcast over the past few months to share their stories Uh, and the feedback I've been getting on this podcast has been amazing. Not a week goes by where um, people aren't messaging me and just saying thank you and wanting to share their story and just telling me how much it's been helpful to them. So I'm encouraged. Thank you for that. I trust that as we continue to speak up that people will find courage and hope and healing. So I'm actually now back in my home here in Toowoomba, Australia. I've just spent five weeks in Fiji where I was able to interview a wide variety of different people. Go back and listen to some of those episodes. There was an episode with Etta on her finding the courage to leave her abuser. We interviewed Pastor Tico on what it takes to raise good young men. Pastor Moses talked about whether we can divorce those who are abusing us. Quite often I find many women stay in abusive relationships because they believe it's a sin to divorce their abuser. And as much as God loves marriage, he doesn't require his daughters or his sons to live in abuse. Uh, So go back and listen to Pastor Moses. I also interviewed Tom, a young man, talking about his failed marriage and how his wife cheated on him. We don't always hear a guy's story, so again, the feedback has been uh, very encouraging. And I thank Tom uh, for his courage to speak up. Um, And so, yes, many great episodes. So it's been a joy to be able to record them. But today I want to talk about, and it's just going to be me, just want to talk about how do you know if you're in an abusive relationship? I think traditionally we think that unless I've got a broken arm or a black eye, I'm not living in abuse. We tend to think that abuse is just physical, but of course it is so much greater than that. And this is what I'm going to share today as part of the training I do predominantly with church leaders when I'm in Fiji or whoever wants to be trained, really it's for all of us. But it's been interesting to see that as I've talked through this list um, that people have gone, oh my goodness, I'm in an abusive relationship myself. Or also I've had people say, I have been abusive. My current, the way I'm acting, the words that I'm speaking are abusive. And so sometimes it's not until you actually talk through what is abuse that we realize that we have been part of the problem or that we are currently in an abusive relationship. So I hope and pray that today will help somebody Um, And I just want to say up front, if you are struggling, if you realize that you are in an abusive relationship or an abuser, please contact. There's the Fiji Women's Crisis Center. Or I really like to recommend House of Sarah. If you Google them, they are in Suva, get their number. Or Caritas, that's another organization associated with the Catholic Church. So there are some good organizations out there. Um, But I hope more and more that we can equip our church leaders um, to be up to date with how to deal with these issues. So let me just start. I'm going to talk through a wide variety of what is abuse. Um, And again, you might realize, oh, I'm in an abusive relationship or somebody that you know is. But firstly, up front, domestic violence 
It is uh, termed as a pattern of controlling behavior used to maintain power in a relationship by one partner over another. So it's a, it's a control pattern. It's using behaviors that want to maintain power in a relationship over another person. Um, as I go through this list, you might think, oh man, I've, I have experienced some of these issues, but it hasn't been a pattern. Maybe it's been a once-off and it's important that we still speak up and call it out. Um, but when we're constantly in a pattern um, where the other person is having control over us, um, that is when you're experiencing domestic violence. So the first one is the physical side of um, domestic violence. It's one that is quite easily recognisable. It includes hitting, pushing, kicking, burning, stabbing, choking, slapping, dragging, bruising and murder, which is uh, one, one woman a week is murdered here in Australia due to domestic abuse. So this is serious stuff. Uh, it's the easiest of all abuse to recognize by the time physical or sexual abuse is present, emotional and psychological abuse are also guaranteed to be at play. And it's also worth noting that strangulation is now a specific crime here in Australia. I'm not sure about the Pacific yet, but it is increasingly on the rise. Um, also, there is a huge, um, during pregnancy is a huge heightened time for physical violence when it starts to escalate during this time, especially assault to the stomach. Um, so that's physical abuse. Sexual abuse, this includes all unwanted sexual behaviours. This may include forced and coerced sexual contact, rape, forced performance of sexual acts that cause pain or humiliation, forced sex with others, being forced to witness sexual acts or pornography, use of sex as a tool of coercion or control or deliberate injury to sexual organs. Uh, and even though you might be in a marriage, um, marital rape is still a thing. And again, I've heard many women share their stories of just how their husband uh, used force or um, power to have sex to rape uh, their wives. And, and this should not be, uh, sex should always be consensual and agreed upon even when you're married. And so there is, sexual abuse does occur within marriage. Now, sexual abuse is on the rise because pornography is on the rise. And I would put in porn as a form of sexual abuse, uh, not only for what it does to you as a person if you're watching pornography. Um, yep, it causes things such as erectile dysfunction, which um, has implications on your life. Uh, especially if you want to go into marriage later on, you will find yourself having difficulty in that area. Um, it causes mental health issues. It destroys brain cells. So essentially, if you are watching pornography, you're actually abusing yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, in many different ways. But also the way that pornography works is that it rewires your brain and causes you to think of the other person like an object. And this is why there is an increase in sexual abuse, um, because you're wanting to act out what you see in porn on other people. And usually it's forced, um, it's unwanted. Even I was talking to a sex worker in Suva two weeks ago and she was saying how she hates pornography because her clients come to her 
with their phones, uh, wanting to show them the porn that they're watching and wanting them to reenact what they're seeing in, in the porn. And this sex worker hates it because it's, it's vile, it's degrading, it's inhumane. And so that is sexual abuse. Even though that they're paying for it, it is still sexual abuse. Um, and so this happens within marriages, it happens with, um, in relationships. And I've just finished reading a book about sex dolls, actually, and just how they are on the increase because of pornography, because men, what they're viewing in porn, porn is like a drug, and so you continually want to see harder, more degrading uh, stuff to get that hit. And because so often now... Uh, human women aren't wanting to engage in it. These men are buying sex dolls and performing these inhumane acts on sex dolls. And I was actually thinking, well, they, this probably doesn't happen in Fiji because sex dolls are quite expensive. <laughs> um, but I was talking to a, a man the other day here in Australia who used to own a sex doll business, would you believe? It was amazing how our conversation came up. And he said to me, you know, I actually used to sell a lot into Fiji. And I was shocked because they're not cheap. Um, but unfortunately, they're everywhere. And so pornography is driving up sexual abuse. The statistics show that those who watch porn are more likely to engage in sexual harassment, um, rape, violence, uh, and for women who watch pornography, we are more likely to be sexually abused because we're watching this material that makes us think, especially for younger women, they think that this is normal behavior, but it's not. And so if you're watching pornography, um, that is a form of abuse. Um, and so, and it is driving the sexual abuse. Um, Emotional abuse, the next one. So we've had physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. And I actually think that this is where women, where we are more guilty of engaging in emotional abuse. Let me just read out some of the signs. Uh, it's a wide variety of tactics that can involve verbal abuse. So yelling, outbursts, threats, lecturing, blaming, belittling, criticizing, name calling, ordering around. Then there's lying, denying, minimizing, forgetting, blocking, diverting neglecting, abandonment, making cruel jokes or gaslighting. Gaslighting is a term used when you turn around the statement of what the person is saying about you to put it back on them. You never want to take responsibility. Um, and so the reason why I say women are more involved in emotional abuse is because we don't have the power when it comes to physical or even sexual abuse. Um, we are generally weaker and less strong, but we are more able to cut people down with our words. And especially if we have been hurt or experienced rejection in the past, we will use our words to belittle and criticize and name call. And again, as I've spoken to different men, specifically in Fiji, they've talked about the emotional abuse that they have received from their wives or females. And so um, or we use emotional abuse against our children. And this is where we do need to be careful, parents, um, that because of our own hurt and issues from the past, we easily yell. Um, we, use, we easily lecture and blame. And, yep, maybe there's a time where we do snap and we lose um, our cool for a minute. 
But if you, uh, if your children are constantly having to walk on eggshells, if they're worried to speak up, um, to step out of line because they know that they're going to um, be belittled or yelled at or blamed, there's a problem and you probably need to get help. But emotional abuse, even though it might not hurt people physically, it uh, still has huge damage. Uh, in fact, it can have a greater damage causing trauma on, on people's lives. It still harms young people. They internalize all these issues. It brings rejection and hurt and pain. Uh, in fact, I've always said I'd much rather somebody just hit me uh, and be over it and done with it than have to deal with emotional abuse because it, it destroys the soul. Uh, and again, you should not have to live in an emotionally abusive home. Um, if you're an adult, this is a good reason why you are able to leave that relationship. Uh, it's not the way that God's designed us. And go and get help because it really, really does break us down. Um, and so, yeah, God help us with this. The next one is social abuse, social control. Um, abuse is generally about controlling. As I've said, it's about power and control. And so an abuser will interfere with relationships, isolating the victim from family, friends, or even humiliating them when they're around them. Um, but quite often, I think young girls, when they're starting to date a guy, if he is controlling, he will begin to say things like, oh, let's just the two of us hang out. Um, and, and he'll begin to isolate you from friends and even family. And we might think at first that this is romantic and lovely and he just wants me all to himself and we feel so special. But this is actually a red flag. If he is isolating you from friends or family, uh, that's a red flag. It's not romance at all. And so I would be very aware of that because if he can, he just wants to control you and get you to himself. There's financial abuse. This is normally where the perpetrator takes full control of finances, spending and decisions around money so the victim becomes financially dependent on their partner. Um, and again, he might start this out early when the relationship is still going well because he's thinking long term. Uh, it's amazing how abusers, how smart they are. Um, and they're thinking if they can control, then you are less likely to leave because you have no resources or finances to leave that relationship. They may also deny their partner access to money, including their own, and force them to have their children to live on inadequate resources, demanding they account for every cent that is spent. Um, however, financial abuse can also happen when the victim has full access to all the finances but the perpetrator deliberately accures so much debt or pressures their, part, pressures their partner to give up employment so that there isn't enough to take care of the family's needs. This type of abuse is often a contributing factor for women becoming trapped in violent relationships. Um, it's interesting when I talk to a number of my friends in Fiji and ask, do you share, have a bank account, shared bank account with your husband? Uh, and these women are like, no way. These are working women who earn their own <laughs> finances. And unfortunately, because of the track record of abuse in Fiji, these women are no way. We are not, I am not sharing money because if I need to get out, I've got to have my own form of independence and ability to take my children and leave. 
Um, but it's a sad reality that so many are trapped because of um, financial abuse, which is not right. Over 90% of women ex experiencing domestic violence experience financial control or abuse as part of that. So then there is spiritual abuse. Uh, and this is one that I really despise. It's when we're using scripture um, to justify control or abuse. And generally this happens um, with the man holding scripture over the woman. I read a book a few years ago called Black and White Bible, Black and Blue Wife. Black and White Bible, Black and Blue Wife. It's a story of a pastor's wife in America and how he would quote scripture at her as he would physically abuse her. It's a shocking story, it's still recent. And unfortunately, this is a reality that I hear too much, especially the scripture that we love to use, that the men love to use, is that man is the head of the home which the Bible says, but we forget, and I know I've mentioned this many times on this podcast, and I'll say it again, we need to understand the context of that scripture, the true meaning. Uh, we just take these words. That word head is not how we think. We think of that as a hierarchy, and especially in a patriarchal society um, that exists in Fiji. But that word head is actually a Greek word because the New Testament was written in Greek. It's a Greek word, um, kephale. K-E-P-H-A-L-E, and it means source of life. So when it says man is the head of the home, it's actually saying man is the source of life. His job is to bring life. Um, quite often we use the, uh, the analogy that a river is a source of life, and especially in villages, uh, we know that villages that have rivers means that you can do a lot more. You depend on that river as a source of life for your village and your community. And in the same way, the husband is to be the source of life, serving and sacrificing. Because, of course, then a few verses later in Ephesians 5, it goes on to say that man is to um, love his wife like Christ loves the church. And Christ died for the church. He laid down his life. So the word head, and I'll just say it again, <laughs> has nothing to do with power and control, but everything to do with service and sacrifice. So when you are using that scripture to um, try and get your family into line or your wife or your partners, you, that is called spiritual abuse. When you are saying, you must submit to me, that is spiritual abuse because actually um, we're called to submit to one another uh, in love and relationships. Uh, and so, and even as a leader, I should never be using scripture to manipulate people, no matter who they are, whether it's um, family members or or partners and so spiritual use abuse is evil and it exists far too much and so may God deliver us from that uh, and again ladies if you're in a relationship where he is using scripture to use have power or control over you um, run <laughs> go get help expose it um, because this is definitely not right and very, very evil. Uh, there's cultural abuse. So what have I talked about here? Physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, the social control, the financial abuse, 
the spiritual abuse, and now the cultural abuse. Cultural abuse includes prohibiting a person from engaging in cultural practices, shaming them in their community, and denigrating their cultural values. And I guess this happens particularly when there is um, cross-cultural marriages or relationships that are going on, or even friendships. Um, And we want to control that person, prohibit them from engaging in those cultural practices because they're different to what we um, have grown up with and we just don't like it. And again, we want to use it as a source of control. Another newer form of abuse that has come uh, to the fore in recent years is online abuse, technological abuse. 97% of women currently reporting domestic and family violence are experiencing technology facilitated abuse and this has to do with the using of cameras because now we have cameras everywhere so what we call we have a word here and I haven't heard it in Fiji yet but upskirting where young boys will use their cameras to look up girls skirts um, upskirting or taking photos down their blouses but we're using cameras to watch people so again it has been reported uh, cameras have been inserted into public toilets into school change rooms um, anywhere into hotel rooms this is now technological abuse then there's stalking using electronical means monitoring social media phones computer usage image-based abuse Uh, So there's revenge porn, maybe when you're in a relationship with a guy or a girl, you sent that nude picture and now that you've broken up, they are sharing it. They are wanting to get revenge and sharing it. Uh, There have been instances here in Australia where young people have committed suicide because they broke up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend who shared their nude picture. They went to school, everyone had seen it, they were laughing and it was just too much. It sent them over the edge. And so this is really dangerous stuff. Um, I've heard stories about when um, married couple have broken up, usually the woman takes the children. When the children go and visit dad on a weekend, he will insert a camera into that girl's doll so that when it goes back into the house, that man has full access to be watching what his family is doing. Um, Because again, it is controlling. He is wanting to control. So... Uh, This is an ever-growing issue that there is now training. I went to a training a couple of years ago on online abuse and was shocked uh, at the extent in which perpetrators go to to continue to have control and stalk and look at um, their victims. Uh, There's family abuse. This is a broader term than domestic violence. This refers not only to violence between intimate partners, but also to violence between family members. So family abuse includes elder abuse. Uh, So maybe abusing your parents, uh, using your strength and power to abuse them. There's sibling abuse, adolescent violence against parents. Uh, Family violence includes violent or threatening behaviour or any other form of behaviour that coerces or controls a family member or causes that family member to be fearful. Um, And it's, yeah, elder abuse is becoming an ever-increasing issue that once our parents have gotten older, we take control of their finances or uh, we neglect them. That's a form of abuse, just leaving them to their own devices. Um, Then there's stalking. Stalking is actually a crime. Um, Sometimes a victim is stalked by a perpetrator either before or after the separation. Generally after, we'll find that 
stalking begins to happen or even actually I've heard of many cases of stalking happen when uh, usually again it's a boyfriend falls in love with a girl she's not interested uh, but he keeps turning up and stalking we had an instance a number of years ago a young woman in our church was being stalked by a man who just kept turning up to church to work um, and freaking her out of I think eventually they had to get the authorities involved because uh, this is a form of control and power that instills fear but stalking also includes loitering around places the victim is known to frequent watching them following them making persistent telephone calls sending mail unwanted love letters even flowers cards gifts uh, stuff that's unwanted um, even and especially when the relationship has ended. Um, and just finally, coercive control. Um, this has become a huge issue. It's controlling behaviour, a range of acts designed to make a person subordinate or dependent by isolating them from sources of support, exploiting their resources or capacities to for personal gain, depriving them of the means needed for independence, resistance and escape, and regulating their everyday behaviour. Coercive behaviour is an act or a pattern of acts of assault, threats, humiliation, intimidation, or other abuse that is used to harm, punish, or frighten their victim. So that's a broad overview of some of the different types of abuse um, now, you may be listening to this and going, oh, I am, I'm in an abusive relationship, I need help. And can I say, um, I, I was just talking to a young woman last night who's in an abusive relationship and her response is, she's just believing that God's going to change him um, and she's praying for him. And that sounds nice and lovely, but again, I want to say this and I know I've said it many times on this podcast, very rarely do perpetrators perpetra just change on their own, especially when you're still with them. Um, and that's why I'm big on um, it's okay to separate. Now, it's not always easy. Where do we go? Um, but sometimes separating then just shines a light on how serious the situation is. You're telling the perpetrator, this is serious. I'm not prepared to put up with this. This is destroying my life and my children and we are getting out until you get help. Uh, and in some instances, it's amazing. The perpetrator realises, oh, I really need help. Um, and so he does and then the, the marriage can be restored. But quite often, unfortunately, the separation process just unveils what you've had to live with and he's got no desire to help. He might even go and move in with another woman or have another relationship and right then and there you know that that marriage is over. Um, it takes two to make a relationship work. And even though when you're in, still living with him, he'll, he will make all the promises, he might say all the right things, but his actions don't actually change. Um, and words become very cheap and very harmful, and it's the change of actions that you want to see. And I might talk in another episode of another podcast on what actions you're actually looking for. Um, and as I was saying to one woman last night, just value yourself. Like you are so valuable, ladies. Um, you don't deserve, you are not required to live a life 
that is being controlled by a narcissist, by someone who has deep issues. You don't live, uh, deserve to live in a relationship where he is watching porn. If your partner, whether it's a male or a female, are watching pornography, they need help. Um, and there are some instances where they repent and they do go and get help and you can keep the marriage and stay in it. But quite often, again, there requires um, some real drastic changes that need to happen. And I always relate this to, I've got a good friend at the moment, she's got cancer. Uh, it's serious. The doctor has given her a plan to get better. Uh, she's got to get treatment. It is serious and she's got to do whatever she can to get better. She doesn't just ignore it or apologize or pray it away. She is doing all that she possibly can. And abuse and pornography, they are cancers and eventually they will end up killing uh, your marriage, your relationships, your children and your life. And so we need to respond just as um, urgently as you would as if you had cancer um, and not perpetuate it. And I want to say, um, you know, when we stay in an abusive relationship and we've got children, it's actually sending a message to our children that this type of behavior is okay. And sure enough, what I find time and time again, your children grow up, they become adults and they marry an abuser because that's all that has ever been modeled to them. So for the sake of your children and the next generation, uh, there is help. And again, I want to um, offer House of Sarah. Uh, it is run by the, I think it's the Uniting Church and they take people from anywhere just Google them. They're, they are on the internet. They have got a number. You can reach out to them. Caritas, again, I've sat with them and talked to them about the work that they do. They have support groups. Uh, we know the Fiji Women's Crisis Centre, the police. Um, there's a few other churches I will name. Um, Fiji Connect, they're another brilliant church. Pastor Daniel and Siriana. There's Pastor Moses. Uh, Pastor Tico, these are good men who I know that if you go and speak to, they will help and they have good women in their church as well. Um, they are passionate about, they're not going to tell you to go home and forgive and submit to him. Now, if you're listening to these issues, uh, these different definitions of abuse, and you say, oh my goodness, I am an abuser. Um, I have some of these qualities. Again, please seek help. Please seek a trusted friend. Um, seek counselling because quite often it is that the issues that have happened in our life, whether you were abused as a young person um, that now has turned you into an angry um, adult, where you verbally abuse, where you lash out, where you're seeking to control, um, please seek help. And of course, contact me. Um, I'm always willing to help where I can or help direct you in the right direction. So I trust that that's been helpful today, some of those definitions. Um, let's use this knowledge to bring healing in our lives, to bring hope. Uh, let's not live and put up with abuse. It is not a normal part of life. It is not how God has destined us to live. He has, he has something far greater for us, which involves a life of um, peace and harmony and fulfillment. But it does take work. So thank you for tuning in today. God bless you and we'll be back again next week. Easily I see your suffering I see the pain beneath
that bull a smile Come out from hiding The sun is rising Let the islands hear reason Let cry